0: This is Rumble, and I'm Michael Moore. Welcome to my podcast, episode number 91. And I thought we'd start off with a little bit of good news that we got today. The United States Supreme Court, with a conservative majority, uh, uh, voted in favor of recognizing the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and interpreting it to mean when they said that there was to be no discrimination on the basis of. Uh, race, uh, religion, nationality, or sex. That uh, in 2020, sex also means sexual orientation, and gender preference and identification. And um. And it was like that, six to three, with two of the conservatives voting with the liberals. One of those conservatives. Uh, Justice uh, Gorsuch wrote the decision he was appointed by Trump so this certainly must have been a shock at the White House that their appointee to the uh, Supreme Court ended up not only voting with the liberals but also voting uh, writing the decision Uh, the other conservative voting with the majority was Chief Justice John Roberts And they heard a number of cases and the the cases that they made the decision on, there were like, there were two or three cases um, on the discrimination against uh, LGBTQ uh, citizens were based on two lawsuits that eventually made it to the Supreme Court. Uh, One was on behalf of a Georgia citizen who decided to join a gay softball team, a gay softball league. And his uh, employer found out about this and fired him for what he was doing in his off hours, playing softball. Um, So he sued. The other lawsuit was brought by a man by the name of um, Donald Zarda. And he was a skydiving instructor... I believe on Long Island in New York. And um, one day uh, as he was um, training one of the students who wanted to learn how to skydive, she seemed a little uncomfortable because they were going to have to be strapped together in the dive uh, because you can't, you know, on your early dives, you can't just pop out of the plane by yourself. So um, he told her what he oftentimes had to tell uh, women who rightfully were concerned about uh, being strapped in that close to a a male stranger, essentially, uh, that she had nothing to worry about because he was gay. And then the line he'd always use was, I'm 100% gay. And um, that didn't seem to relieve her any. And so she told her boyfriend what he had said, that he was gay. The boyfriend told uh, the uh, the skydiving company uh, that he had worked for, um, and and then I don't know whether that was enough to get him fired or not. So just to up the ante, the the woman said that he also uh, touched her inappropriately. She's heterosexual. He's gay. He touched her inappropriately. They that, that got added in, and then that was. That was that. Um, Of course, there was never any proof of that. Um, But, you know, I don't know how to explain this. 53% of white women voted for Trump. That's how I explain it. Um, And um, I'm not saying this woman did, but uh, she had a problem with him being gay. And then when uh, that, I guess that wasn't enough for her. She added some special sauce to it that he had touched her. And, of course, he denied it. He was just uh, totally aghast. And, you know, why are heterosexual people such bigots? That's what he was thinking. What did I do? And they fired him. They fired him. He never really covered, uh, really recovered from the firing. And, and his partner, a man by the name of William Moore, uh, at the time, he said that... Um, that Donald Zarda uh, realized he was probably never gonna be able to get a job doing what he loved to do the most, which was skydiving and teaching skydiving, and didn't. And so after a couple of years to alleviate, according to his his partner, who's now his ex-partner, to alleviate his despair, depression, whatever. um, He decided to take his skydiving to the extreme sport of base diving. And this is where you literally jump off a cliff, a mountain or whatever. And you've got one of those, either you've got a parachute or you've got one of those winged suits. Uh, Very dangerous. Lots of people do it, love it. And his partner said in an interview that uh, he told him, he said, you know, you're going to you're probably going to die doing this. And he said, yeah, I know. Yeah, I probably am going to die doing this. <sighs> Anyways, he filed suit. He filed suit. And um, this was back around, I don't know, 2010, 2012. And uh, four years ago, he did die in Switzerland doing a base jump. And... Um, did not get to live long enough for today for this case to go to the Supreme Court. Nonetheless, his ex partner and his sister who he, he had named both of them as co-executors of his will um, decided to continue the case and got behind it um, and fought and pushed with the help of the ACLU and others. And, um, and took it all the way to the Supreme Court. And today, Donald Zarda won. And Jerry, the softball player from Georgia, won. And the other piece of this today was that the um, the Supreme Court ruled that you cannot fire somebody because they're trans. That's, that's if in, in this case, this was a Michigan case, a funeral home, in Garden City, Michigan, which is just outside of of Detroit. A city that's uh, literally almost borders Detroit. It's about three miles outside the city. It's 93% white, if you get my drift. And and this funeral home there, um, they own a number of funeral homes in the area, this funeral home company in Michigan. And they had hired, this individual to be their funeral director. Um, And she was tired of being in the closet most of her life, all of her life. And one day wrote a letter to her boss and to the employees saying, you know, I I know I seem to be a man, but I'm not. I am a woman and um, that is who I am. And so starting today, I'm going to dress like a woman and that was the end of that her name was amy stevens fired fired by the funeral home um and she sued and it went all the way to the supreme court it's part of the decision today but sadly just like donald zarda who was the 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 gay uh part of the decision for gay discrimination in, in the workplace uh her part of it today trans discrimination um, she did not live to be there at the Supreme Court today. She died about four weeks ago. She's 59 years old. She'd had um, uh, some health issues. Uh, her kidneys were failing. She was on dialysis. And um, she did get to go to the oral arguments uh, last October at the Supreme Court. She walked out just totally moved by all the people that were standing outside the court with their signs with their chants with you know their support for her um and she was deeply deeply moved by this but she did not live amy stevens did not live long enough until today uh, to see her victory it's very sad She lived in Redford, Michigan, which is again just right outside of Detroit. They're both those Garden City and Redford are in the Michigan's uh, thirteenth congressional district, which is represented uh, by uh, Rashida Tlaib in uh, in Congress. Um, Which it takes up a huge chunk of the city of Detroit, and then there's these little pieces that just outside the city on the western end. so it was really good news to wake up to uh, this morning that this had happened and and big, big, profound news for people who are in the um, LGBTQ community. Um, and all of us um, who are not part of that community should be thrilled that this kind of discrimination can't take place anymore and that bigoted bosses, bigoted businesses, um, Cannot harm employees who are just living their lives and being themselves. So, a great victory today. Wonderful news. The fight isn't over. I think it, this was unexpected because it was, you know, <clears throat> Kennedy, Anthony Kennedy, I think, wrote the decision on uh, uh, gay marriage, and uh, he was the swing vote that made that happen legalizing it and um, and when he retired I think that the the gay community was very much like wow shit that's the end of that we're not going to get anything else and then Trump has been able to appoint two people to the Supreme Court so everybody was like okay well let's just get rid of Trump and then we'll try and fix this in the next four or five years and then boom this morning two conservative justices one of them Trump's appointee makes this happen for the gay community and the trans community Um, that's um, very much unexpected so I don't know, maybe, sometimes I don't know, good things happen maybe during this pandemic just like everybody, everybody is everybody's a little different in some way everybody's kind of thinking and rethinking things people are affected, people are thinking about how we treat each other and maybe maybe that's uh it. I don't know. It's just am I just hopeful here? Am I just thinking that humanity when faced with a difficult situation sometimes rises to the occasion? It, it, there are there is proof of that in in the past. Um and that the neglected and oppressed groups in our society in this case t- uh, today the uh the gay and trans community communities um who had sort of given up and weren't expecting anything uh, to happen um and then all of a sudden this does i don't know i um you know the work isn't done there's more to do on these uh on these issues with us particularly these two communities but um It's a good reminder that it is important that we never give up, even when it looks like all odds are against us. That we keep fighting, that we keep pushing, that we keep plowing away. Because because we're right, first of all. Just that alone. You know, when you're on the right side, when I say right, I don't mean, you know... (laughs) Just because everything you say or I say or whatever, yeah, I think I'm right. <laughs> you know, sometimes we're wrong, but I'm talking about I'm talking about the greater global issues of justice, inequality, and, and most people know right from wrong. And in this case, right prevailed. Justice prevailed. Let's keep pushing for more of that. Let's not give up. Let's motor on here, folks. What's our, what's our alternative? There isn't any. Yes, is it hard? Is it difficult? Is it Is it just downright depressing some days? Yes, yes, and yes. But, come on. We got one today We're in the win column here. What can we get tomorrow? That's the way I look at it. And the day after that, and the day after that. So I'm recording this here on a Monday evening. Obviously, the the day of the Supreme Court decision. You're probably listening to me on Tuesday or Wednesday or even later. Um, But yesterday was Trump's birthday. He turned 74 years old, and um, and on his birthday, you know, he should just be enjoying his birthday, golfing, more golfing, being with his family eating a large Kentucky Fried cake for his birthday, all, you know, this normal stuff that he would do on his birthday. Instead, he takes some time to tweet at me. Um, And this is what he said. Michael Moore, colon, and then this is as if he's quoting me, uh, which he is, actually. I was on Joy Reid on Friday night, and I said something similar to this. Michael Moore says, "I'm begging Dems, don't underestimate white male Trump supporters' rage and emotion." Then he has a link to the story of me being on Joy Reid on MSNBC, and then he, and Trump ends with, "Well, he got it right in 2016," <laughs> referring to the fact that I months before the election. Publicly went on TV and said that um, Trump was going to not only win, but win by winning Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. And and Joy, on the show on Friday night, reminded me that when I said that on Bill Maher, she was a guest sitting next to me when I said it. And 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 then she remembered the audience just booing me like, don't say that. I'm not saying because I want it to happen. I'm just trying to warn people that, you know, I live in Michigan and Hillary's not coming. She's not coming to Michigan, not coming to Wisconsin. I can't even see it. I can't find a yard sign. Any of us who've asked for yard signs, we can't get yard signs. I can't even get a yard sign. So that's all. I just said that and I got booed. Um, But, you know, listen, long time fans know that... uh, i um, been used to this for 25, 30 years of initially being booed by people who don't want to hear me speaking what I think is the truth because they want to live in their bubble and believe that the world is running in a different way. Um, hello, all you green capitalists. Um, um, you're the death of us, by the way. you, are, you, We are letting planet Earth die, or at least our species, um, because... Uh, you don't want to have a conversation about what m- you might be doing wrong, like being in bed with Wall Street and and everything else that has put us so far behind in saving this planet. Oh, did I get on to another episode? Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just so used to this sort of rah, people just on the left. I'm about liberals, mostly, you know, liberals, sort of liberals. Why are you saying that? Trump's not going to win. Who's going to vote for Trump? (laughs) The planet's fine. We've got all these eco people. We're all doing great, and we're just going to stop it. And yes, I know it gets warmer every year. And yes, I know that the carbon in the atmosphere is way up over it was 10 years ago. I know. Don't tell me this. Don't mean to mock people that are upset when they hear me say these things because i hate saying them believe me i did not want to say that so i so so joy says you know so what's your crystal ball say for this year with trump and i didn't I'm, i said i don't have a crystal i'm not cassandra here i don't have a crystal ball i, I you know i mean we only had such a we only had a few minutes i didn't get the chance to say that our biggest problem is the nominee himself and if he doesn't do the right things you cannot be blaming the voters. Uh, you sound like you know a director of a film who starts blaming the audience when nobody wants to see the film or they walk out of the movie and you have this attitude oh well they just they didn't know how great my movie was <laughs> no I think they had a pretty good idea and, and when it's across the board in most of the states you should listen. And nobody, nobody, nobody likes to listen to the bad news that could be coming down the pike. So I said, uh, not wanting to depress anybody, that just that, uh, um, you know, the, the the real problem here is that Trump's supporters—he hasn't really lost his core support. They, they, his supporters. If you watch any of the polls, even though Biden is getting you know inching ahead and ahead here of trump in some polls he's four points ahead he's seven points ahead and in one crazy poll he was 14 points ahead of trump if the election were held today but the real issue here is the electoral college and i do believe biden or whoever the democrat is or if they run the Roomba for president uh trump's opponent is going to get five to seven million more popular votes than Trump's going to get. It'll be much more than Hillary got. But could still lose the Electoral College. And that's what we're not really discussing. And we should be discussing it by now because we're halfway through June. And, um, And so I just, I wanted to point this out that his support, Trump's support, his base isn't going anywhere. They've stayed solid at anywhere between 40 and 44%. And in some of these polls, if Biden's only four points ahead, that's not enough to pull this off. Because here's what I do know. Trump's rabid supporters, as I said on Joy Show and what Trump was tweeting about here, that the white male voter, Trump got two-thirds of white men in the last election, uh, they're so afraid of losing power uh, that they're going to hang on to Trump no matter what. They will not change their minds between now and election day. So it's all about who gets the who gets the turnout, who turns out more people. Trump's going to turn out his people, folks. So that's what I was saying on the show Friday night. What are we doing to turn out our people? And I'm, I'm telling you, it's not going to be about knocking on doors or yard signs. It will have to do, it does have a lot to do with Biden. He has to show up. Two months in the basement, not good. Saying that you're going to attend the funeral of George Floyd, and then you send a videotape, and nobody asks what happened there. Because I thought when I heard that he was going to attend the funeral, I thought, "Oh my God, that's so good. That is the right thing to do." And he sent a videotape, um, and it it was a it was a wonderful um, videotape. It really was. He was. Just, it was incredible on the tape, but he wasn't there. And I kept thinking, why, why not go? In fact, he actually went the day before and met with the family. So he was already in Houston. Why not go? And I thought, no, of course I know why. This funeral is going to be between three and five hours long. Between the funeral and going to the cemetery. And it was, it was a good five hours. And there's no way, and his people know this, and his family know this. That Joe Biden could make it through a five-hour funeral. They have a rule that he's when he's talking, he's going to appear on camera if he's on, if he has on an occasional segment or whatever, um, seven minutes. And and when he's giving a talk, he has to have the teleprompters because because they're worried, they're worried about the same thing you're worried about and I'm worried about. I don't want to push it anymore, and I don't want to you know feed into Trump's. Thing here, Of course, Trump had his own problems this weekend at the West Point graduation. He tried to lift a glass of water to put up to his lips to take a sip. Did you see this? He couldn't get the glass to his lips. So he had to use his other hand, on the, put it on the bottom of the glass, to help bring it up to his mouth. Whoa. Okay, we we know what that is we all have parents grandparents great grandparents we are all going to be that age someday and then he then trump needed almost needed help going down the ramp when the speech was over um now ramps are tricky i you know these weren't steps it was a ramp and he said it was slippery uh, but you know until the last year or so I was always amazed at watching Air Force One when Trump the door opened and Trump came down the steps in 2015, and especially like in, in 2016 when he was campaigning, but then in 2017 when he was president, he come down those steps. He come down the middle of the steps. He didn't even use the handrail. You know, when you're when you're in your 70s and 80s, you don't necessarily need to have to use it, but you got the handrail there. It's for balance. It's for just some assuredness that you know I'm doing okay here. No, not he just went right down. right down the steps, right in the middle of the steps. Not anymore. Not anymore. It's just going to be age. It's okay. It's what happens. It's going to happen to every one of us. Um, But he's constantly attacking Biden for his obvious age issues. I don't know where this is going to lead or what's going to happen here, but um, um, (sighs) we've got to get this figured out. By the time of the virtual Democratic convention, um, we gotta get this figured out. We have to win in November. We have to put our we have to put somebody forward who is there, healthy, fit. Um, there. Um, the easiest right now would be if it were Biden, but that. I don't know. I'm just I'm loath to say anything because I just. No. But then if I don't say something, why didn't you say anything back then when you were thinking it? Because people don't want to hear that we've lost the climate battle. People don't want to hear that Hillary's going to lose. People don't want to hear. You know this is what this is what I'm having to deal with all the time in my head, and I'm like, look, dude, um, you know why you're you're here. And it's to say these uncomfortable things and these awful truths. And if people don't like it, they don't like it. And hopefully I'm wrong in this case. Of course I want to be wrong. But if we don't get this figured out, if we don't actually have the candidate who can beat Trump and who's all there, we've got a problem, and we better not be afraid to talk about it. And if nobody wants to talk about it on air or... Online or whatever, just can we meet somewhere, social distancing and all that included, but just can we can we all just have a conversation, please, about this? Should it be somebody else that we're putting up against Trump? Does it need to be somebody else? If not, then let's go with Biden. But, you know, something's not right. I'm, I've said it. Take it or leave it. And Trump, Trump tweeting at me. Yeah, this is so funny. This is like, I know it's almost a dozen times I think he's tweeted at me since he first was running for president. And he never really attacks me. Only once has he been kind of like nasty, but all the other times he's very, I don't know what it is. He's kind of, um, I think I know what it is. I think he knows that, um, there's approximately 8 million Obama voters that ended up voting for Trump. In other words, they voted for Obama either in 08 or 12 or both, and then in 2016, they they voted for Trump. And um, I think a a lot of them, not only can be won back, and maybe already have been won back, I think a lot of them are people that watch my movies and listen to this podcast, and of course, he likes it because I'm I'm acknowledging some truths that he knows about his base. He leaves out all the other things about how we're going to beat him, how I think we're going to beat him, how we can beat them, beat him, and and beat the Republicans back and win the Senate and all the other things we're going to do come November third. Um, but he's also very busy trying to figure out how he can postpone the election, rig the election. Voters suppress the election, and we have to be fighting that right now. The second wave of the pandemic prevents people from going to the polls. We have to make sure that we're able to vote, or this will never happen. So anyways, that's what he, he tweeted on his birthday to me. So sweet. And um, hopefully he'll watch the the whole interview with Joy Reid uh, from the other night and uh, truly understand that um, while I I fully respect his mad, evil genius and how he can pull off so many things that none of us ever thought he could pull off other than, well, I did think he could pull it off, but that's only because I watched The Apprentice and I don't know many people on the left that watch The Apprentice. But if you watch The Apprentice all, everything can be answered right there. (laughs) If you were a viewer of The Apprentice. Um and there's something he knew about this country um uh, he also knew that he wasn't in the majority, and the majority of people don't like him and never will like him, so he has to win another way. he has to cheat and he has to play dirty and um most of all, he has to just be himself, and that is why he has he had sixty three million Americans vote for him so um happy belated birthday. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump uh I see you you spent it in New Jersey at your country club out there you didn't you think you'd think your last birthday in the White House you'd spend it at the White House right but uh he's got to look out the window and see Black Lives Matter painted on the street (laughs) it's not how he wanted to spend his birthday um finally here before we wrap up um It appears that the uh, police, um, certainly the police in Atlanta, Georgia, but I think uh, we'll just let all police share in this one. Uh, They've come up with a brand new uh, reason to execute black Americans. Dozing off in line at Wendy's. Friday night, Rayshard Brooks in Atlanta, in the drive-through line at Wendy's dozes off This results in Wendy's calling the police they show up they knock on the window they, they wake him up the other cars are were having to drive around him so they could go get drive through the window and get their frosties and their Dave's double combos and whatever and uh and there's all there's body camera footage of all this. The cops are actually pretty decent, and Ray is decent, and he gets out, and they talk, they talk for over twenty minutes. He agrees to take a breathalyzer. Um, he's, um, he's a little bit over the legal limit. Said he'd had a drink or two, and um, and he had fallen asleep. I remember this had happened a few years ago. Somebody was white, fell asleep in the car, I don't know, it was at McDonald's or in the drive thru. Cops had to wake him up and they told him, he told him, they told the cops, well, I'm just on my way home from my like third job of the day. That's what happens when, when people are forced into this kind of situation to live this way. Nobody's getting enough sleep. People are busting their ass, just trying to make enough to make ends meet, and barely doing that. And then uh, the cops say, you know, he tells that he tells the police his sister lives in the neighborhood, that he'll just park his car in the parking lot here at Wendy's and he'll walk to his sister's. Um. Or he could have called his, his wife. I think that was another option. And for whatever reason, the cops don't like this idea. kind of solves the problem, doesn't it? You don't want him on the road if he's been drinking. Yeah. Okay. Um, he's not drunk uh, in, the, in, the, in the sense that he, he can't walk. He's been standing for over 20 minutes talking to them. Let him go home. And then they made the mistake, and I'm only—I can only guess what was in in Rayshard's mind at this moment, because everything's really cool up to this moment. And they get out the handcuffs and they decide they take his arms to put him and to put these handcuffs on him. You know, in this month that we're in right now. What is it? Three weeks since the murder of George Floyd. Um, <laughs> if you are black and listening to this, or if you're not black and listening to this, now I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you for some empathy. For in this moment, do you ever want to give up your freedom to any cop? especially when you haven't really done anything wrong, except you failed to pull forward to get your Dave's combo at the window at Wendy's. And I'm guessing in that instant, in that moment, he thought what any smart person should think, especially if you're black, do not allow the police to take away your mobility. To handcuff you. Because once they've got you, once they've ended your freedom, you could die. And he reacts in this. He's resisting. He's not letting them put the handcuffs on. And then they they start a wrestling match. Now, here's two strapping white guys who are unable, unable to contain one black man. um, Who... (laughs) who was just in having a nap a few minutes ago. They can't hold him down. They get out their taser guns. I don't know if they ever got a shot off at him. He grabs one of their taser guns, one of them. I don't know much about tasing. One thing I don't want is my hand near that thing if the cop's got his finger on the taser trigger because you're going to get the electrocution of your lifetime but he, there he is and he gets the taser out of the cop's hand and he doesn't then tase the cops he runs he runs he runs down the line of cars that are in line at the takeout window the cops take off after him and one cop's got his taser gun, and Richard has the other cop's taser gun. And as he's running away, he looks back over his shoulder and like shoots the taser thing. And the cop's like a good twenty feet behind him, if not more. There's no way that taser's going to even touch this cop, but he hits the taser thing, or it appears to look that way in the video. And then he just turns right and back, facing front, and keeps running. The cop drops his taser gun immediately and takes out his pistol and fires three shots, two of them right into the back of Sharp Brooks. And he goes down. It was not a threat to the cops. It wasn't a threat to the people in line at Wendy's. Just trying to get away. And you know, if we did policing differently, what you would do in that situation is you go, okay, look, he doesn't have a weapon on him. Uh there's nothing lethal can happen here. Uh we have his car, which means we have his license plate, which means we know who he is and where he lives. We'll just go pick him up. We'll just go pay him a visit. That's what you do. Or call in some other cops and form a perimeter around the neighborhood because he's just running. You'll catch him. You don't need to kill him. He's not a threat to you, and he's not a threat to anybody at line in line at Wendy's. Two bullets right in the back, dead, or declared dead once again to the hospital. Um. so it isn't going to end folks is it it's not going to end and so we have to end this we have to end the police we have to defund them and we have to do policing differently in my last episode i had on uh, the professor and author alex vitali who wrote the end of policing it doesn't mean you don't have a system set up to protect the neighborhood and the town and the, the whatever. Nobody's saying that. But the way we do this is wrong. It's absolutely wrong. And this just proved it. If somebody's asleep in their car and lying at Wendy's, and if it's because they've had a couple drinks and they're, they're, they're coming home from their second job or whatever it is, they're, they're just tired That's the crime. Tired while black. You don't need a badge and a gun to deal with that situation. I don't even know why the the manager at Wendy's even called the cops. Just go out and knock on his window. You know, he's already ordered. Just pull up. You know? And... He's he's not got far to go, so he's not going to be, yes, eh, okay, so he tested. He was, you know, 0.108. 0.08 is drunk driving in Georgia. Um, Or you offer to get him a car, call an Uber, or do something. Not this. We need a different way to think about how to deal with social issues. We don't need a gun we don't need a man with a gun if somebody is inebriated if somebody is addicted to drugs if somebody has a mental health issue if somebody um, uh, you know go down the whole list of things why do we why do we have as we said on the podcast the other day why do we have ten times more police in the New York City schools than we have counselors or count well it's 10 times more than we have a school psychologist if you put the counselors in there it's still double you got double the cops over all the school counselors and school psychologists combined what's the thinking there our priorities are way off the mask has been ripped off it's all exposed now we have to stop this we have to fix it good police, the ones that we keep hearing about, the good police, you should join in with this. Because you, if you are listening to this and you're a cop, you've been a witness to this. And you didn't sign up to be a mental health expert. You didn't sign up to deal with our opioid crisis. You didn't sign up to be a dog catcher. So this has to change and we have to do this differently And um, I'll post a couple of op-eds on the podcast page here. I'd love for you to read. Don't be scared to have this conversation because the mainstream, moderate, centrist, sellout uh, Democrats, um, they were on all the talk shows this week, and, oh, no, no, we can't defund the police. Oh, really? $6 billion for the police force in New York City? what did our guest say that that's larger than the the gdp of any of, of a number of almost over 50 countries don't have the money that we spend on police in new york city or the the 2 billion in la i don't know what it is in chicago 2 or 3 billion stop it that money should be going to things that actually can help people the mayor of atlanta today said that that she wants to get out of the the jail business, in the sense of yes, you have to lock up people who are literally um, have harmed or going to harm more people. People, people who kill, people who rape, people who they have to be separated so they don't cause that harm. But that's a, that's a very small percentage of the calls that that police get. So she said, the mayor of Atlanta said uh, she had a name for it, the. The new jail is going to be the uh, the health and wellness and um, I forgot what the other word was. But it's to, it will be to help people that have got these social and medical problems. Not just lock them up and throw the key away. Thank you for everybody who's protesting. Do it safely. Keep doing it. Don't let this die. They're hoping you'll shut up. They're hoping you'll go away. Don't go away. (laughs) They burned down the Wendy's. Hmm. Wait, America. We're not out of this. It's not going to go away. Deal with it. Let's deal with it. Come on. The story I saw in the news just before we started the podcast here, that two... Black men have been found hanging from trees in Southern California in the last 10 days or so. Initially declared suicides, but now they're reinvestigating it. Black men lynched, hung. Well, we don't know lynched yet. I guess they they tried to say they lynched themselves. One in the town square in Palmdale, California, it's in Los Angeles County and the other outside the library in Victorville, California, about 50 miles away from Palmdale. How, how come we didn't hear about this? This has been going on since the end of May, beginning of June, these, these two hangings of black men hanging from a tree. Um, well, hopefully somebody is gonna do the right job and figure this out. No suicide notes. Nothing. Just black men hanging from a tree in the year twenty twenty, in Southern California. Okay, my friends, that's enough for today. I um. I thank you for listening. I um. will be back uh, tomorrow with a, another podcast uh it will be our 6 month anniversary. We started this podcast 6 months ago tomorrow. on uh, on December 17th. So uh tomorrow if you're listening to this in real time, it's tomorrow will be June 17th. And um and so we'll have a little special podcast uh tomorrow. We'll keep talking about these issues. We'll keep ourselves safe. Uh, let's have as few of us come down with COVID-19 and then even fewer of us die as a result of this. Thank you for listening to Rumble. Thank you for being part of this podcast. Uh, leave me a voice message. Uh, leave me uh, an email at mike at michaelmore.com. Tell people about the podcast. Share it with others. Subscribe if you haven't already. It's free. Um, And thank you to all the platforms that carry this podcast. I greatly appreciate it. All right, folks, uh, until tomorrow, be well. This is Rumble. I'm Michael Moore.